And last week we were talking about um, different kinds of sins, having morality in the church, right? You've got to have morality in the church. And, and he named many sins. He said, you know, this and this and this and this, and he named them all off. But then he came right back and he said, but I am worse than all of them. I am. And so you've got to really capture that revelation that, listen, it's not about your sin. It's not just about the law, but it's the law with grace. And, and, and when you don't have the law with grace, if you don't have truth with grace, and that's the message, the radical message that Jesus came in his day and brought, it wasn't about the law. Yes, the law, but also grace. And so if you're trying to do this thing based on the rules, you're never going to measure up. The Ten Commandments were not for man to necessarily be able to live. It was a reflection of who God was. And so when man would try to live up to the law, anybody in here lived up to the law your whole life? Just raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, Andy. Can, do we have any ushers in here that can deal with that? But listen, the law is not there for your to, you to live out perfectly, only God can do that. And, of course, that's why Jesus Christ came. And so now we're in, into the last part of the second chapter. I didn't want to go into this because there's a lot of additional teaching that needs to occur. And I'm going to read the rest of the chapter. We're not going to have the Scriptures up tonight, just the Scripture references, because I have a lot to cover. And for me to read through all that would just take way too much time. So you will have the scripture references here. You can jot them down. You can look them up later, read them, study them. But what I want to talk to you tonight about is how the devil has absolutely used his influence to dehumanize people. And we're going to talk about this tonight. So let me, let me read the rest of uh, the second chapter, and then we'll get right into this teaching. It says, And I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing, not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or wearing gold per pearls or expensive clothes. For women who claim to be devoted to God should make themselves attractive by the good deeds they do. Women should learn quietly, submissively, Please do not get upset with me yet, because I'm going to show you what this, this is talking about. Women should learn quietly and submissively. I do not let women teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly. For God made Adam first, afterward he made Eve, and it was not Adam who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived, and sin was the result. But women will be saved through childbearing, assuming they continue to live in faith, love, holiness, and modesty. Okay? Here's what I want to say. When we think of God and we think of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, each of those parts of one God have different functions. Everybody follow me so far. There is not one that is less than the other. Are we on, on the same page? You have the Father, you have the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit. 
How many people know that the Father couldn't do what the Son did? Jesus. Couldn't do it. That part of God couldn't do that part. Jesus did that part. How many people know that Jesus can't do the part that the Holy Spirit does? Now, these are all the same being, but there is no hierarchy. There's no, well, this one, then, then that one, then, you know, then, then this one's here. No, it is all God. How many parts do you have? You have a body, or you are a spirit that lives in a body and has a mind, will, and emotion, a soul. You're also a three-part being. Is there one that's greater in the totality of a human being that's greater than the other? No. There, there really isn't because God created you as a whole person. Now, we know that we our flesh wants what the flesh wants. The mind needs to get renewed and all that stuff. And the spirit is, is what's, what's driving us forward. But when you really look at how a person, I'm not talking about a man or a woman. I'm talking about a person is created. There isn't one part that is over the other. If you learn to walk by the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the... It doesn't mean your flesh is bad. It just means that your, the lust that you have in your heart towards things you should not want is something you need to overcome. God wants to restore your body. He wants to heal it. God wants to restore your mind. He wants you to have the mind of Christ, it actually says. By the stripes, Jesus took upon his body every wound. You think, well, you're just thinking of skin. No, there were hooks for a reason in that whip. When they would whip him, it would wrap around him, and then they would pull. Sorry about that. But they would pull so that they could open up the skin into the actual organs of the body. So every organ of his body, every part of himself, including his brain, his eyes, everything, everything was marred because for your healing, your physical healing. We all, we're all on the same page so far. So God is a God of order, God is a God of structure, and God is a God that would say, if I make something a certain way, it is for a purpose, and that purpose is not to be negated because of something or someone else. Okay? We're going to go somewhere here tonight, I'm telling you. This is probably stuff you've never been taught before, because some of you grew up in the institution of a church. And you were told that women are supposed to be this way and men are supposed to be that way. You can even go into some churches and the women have to sit over here and the men have to sit over there. The men have to button their shirts all the way to the top and you know, women have to have long hair all the way down to the floor. You never cut their hair and so on and so forth. But what I'm here to tell you is you can be institutionalized by the church in thinking about men and women like that, but you can also be institutionalized by your government and by the culture that we live in as well. Okay? So I'm not interested in religion, and nor am I interested in the culture. I want to know the truth. Anybody want to know the truth? You see? Because it, Paul, Paul went from 
you know, the, the, the deceptive nature, perception, deception message. Then he went right into, hey, it's grace and truth together. And then he ends up right back here, and he's, now he's talking about how the church should operate and how many people know that the majority of churches around the world are run by men or women? Women. They, they're the ones that are there every Sunday, every Wednesday. They're at every prayer meeting. They're, they're, they're everywhere all the time. How do women bond? Do they bond in, in solace and, and you know, quietness? Or do women tend to bond by maybe having a few things to say about a few things? You see what I mean? So what he's talking about here is, hey, some of the men would like to have some influence here. Praise the Lord. Just, you know, could we have some room too? <laughs> and we would like to say some things as well. And it can't just be about everything that the women want, you know, in the church. And again, most churches, if you go around the world, it's a lot of women. Women are much more spiritually discerned. There are a lot of things that women are that men have a difficult time doing. It's very hard. And so we would like to operate that way, but we aren't geared that way. We're not geared that way. Most men would, be, would define themselves in what they do, in their actions. That's how most men express themselves. It's like, first thing a guy would ask, well, what do you do? <laughs> well, I'm a construction guy. Oh, wow, you're, man, you must have some nice tools. You know... We don't care where they got the tools. We don't care about any of the details whatsoever. I just know that you're a construction guy. That's good enough for me. Praise the Lord. Let's have a cup of coffee and a donut, you know. So, and I don't think that it's any mystery what I'm talking about so far, okay? So let's just go deeper. Everybody say deeper. I, God showed me something to... Uh, this morning in prayer, and then again today, uh, later, some of you, you're going to feel a leaping in your spirit tonight, because I'm going to speak to a part of you that no one has probably ever spoken to you about yet. It's not something that hasn't always been there. It's something that's always been there, but no one has ever spoken to it to cause the life in it. And I believe that's going to happen tonight by the Spirit of the Lord. God created man and women in his image and likeness. Equal importance. Equal. Men and women equal in importance. Not equal in what a man's called to do versus a woman, but equal in the importance. There's neither one more important than the other. Neither one. All of us were made in the image and likeness of God, and women are not inferior in any way. In any way. And some of you, listen, I watched this study in Stanford study, and they created a prison, a fake prison at Stanford. Anybody ever seen this? And so they made a fake prison, and they brought these people in, they interviewed them all, and they asked them just a bunch of questions that didn't even matter whether they get in or not. And so they made it look real formal, 
and half of them would become the judge or the uh, the guards, and half would become the the prisoners. And so they got all the interviews done. They put pictures of everybody, and they took a coin and they flipped a coin to figure out who was going to be a, a guard and who was going to be a prisoner. So there's no qualifications whatsoever. So they bring these people in. They tell the guards, this is how you're going to run this place. You're going to maintain order, and you're going to make it just like a prison. And what they're trying to do is to see how an institution would change the behaviors. They were thinking of just the prisoners. Like, how, how would they become? So they bring the prisoners in. The guards establish the rules. They're no longer called by their names. They're all men. They have to wear gowns, no, no pants. So they dehumanize them by no longer calling them their name. They dehumanize them by taking away their sexual side by wearing a gown instead of pants and a shirt. And, and throughout this entire study, the study was supposed to last for more than two weeks, and they had to shut it down in six days. The guards, they didn't think would change. They just thought they'd go and enforce rules. But the guards, because of the uniforms that they were wearing and the environment that they were put into, became very violent, very uh, belligerent, all kinds of things. The, they, they would make the, at one point, the inmates started calling each other their numbers rather than their names, and this escalated and escalated and escalated until people lost their minds. They started to lose their minds on day two. Day two, they're already having nervous breakdowns and cannot relate to what has happened to them any longer. The reason I share that with you is because you have to realize you were born into an institution. You, you don't know what is different. You know what you know based on what someone has told you rather than going many times back to the Word of God to find out, who am I? I say one prayer over my life over and over, and I've done it for decades. God, may I know you the way, uh, the way you know me, but more importantly, may I know myself the way you know me. More important is that I know myself the way you know me so that I'm not acting as if I have the truth but don't really, and then I don't have the things that Christ has promised me in my life. We all, everybody, men and women, all represent God. When God instructed mankind to take dominion, multiply, and subdue the earth, the message was both to man and to women. We all have a capacity to relate to God. All of us do. Men and women all have responsibility to live a godly life independently. Your husband's not going to get you to heaven. Your wife is not going to get you to heaven. You're going to get you to heaven because you will receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, both man and woman. To belittle what is to be a woman or a man is a direct violation of God's will for mankind. Listen, God doesn't make junk. God doesn't create confusion. God doesn't do any of that. He's very clear as to who you are and what you're capable of doing through the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's also not good that a man should be alone. Genesis 1 states all of God's creation to be good. Get this. Catch this by Revelation. God said everything in his creation was good. You remember him saying that? But he also said, it is not good for man to be alone. 
it is not good. I mean, he said, and it was completed, and it was good, and he went on and on, and I mean, all the way through the, 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 the sixth day, and created everything, but he said that it's not good in the midst of all of this creation, it is not good that man should be alone. Woman is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. God created man and woman with complementary roles, just like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The reasons for both man and woman are equally important, equally necessary. Genesis 2-7 says, The Lord formed man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. The man became a living person. Genesis 2, 18 through 25, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Meaning man would not be complete without woman. Hear this. So the Lord God formed the ground all the, from the ground, all the wild animals and birds of the sky, he brought them to man to see what he would call them. The man chose a name for each one. He gave names to the livestock, the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But there was no helper just right for him. He's incomplete. Totally incomplete. Not just as Adam, but any man that would come after that because who knows how God could have created after he created man the way he created man. But what I'm saying is every man that would have been created after that, if God would have chosen to continue to do it that way, would have been incomplete. And when I'm saying man to woman, I don't just mean you to your wife because you may not be married. Or you to your husband because you may not be married. I'm talking about men and women would be incomplete without both. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out the man's ribs and closed up the opening. The Lord made a woman. The Lord God made a woman. The Lord God made man. The Lord God made woman. You see? So there, there, he made woman. He did. From the rib. And he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed. With an exclamation point, I guess. Wow, look at that. This one is bone from my bone, flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united as how many? One. Now the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Hear this by the Spirit of God. They felt no shame about being a man and being a woman, confident. They felt no shame whatsoever. And I'm telling you, the devil has undermined humanity when a man feels inferior to a woman or a woman feels inferior to a man. That is undermining that right there. There should be no shame whatsoever and you being a woman, or anyone being a man. There is no shame in that. Zero, zippo, nada. Because I want to renew the right spirit inside of you tonight 
that's not being dictated by either religion or culture or government opinion or media or all the other things that are attacking humanity. We are under attack. Just like in that study, those men lost their identity and within two days lost their minds. Lost in two days. Had to shut the whole thing down in six days. Could not continue any longer. People were literally going to harm themselves and others and were, were at the tipping point of permanent traumatic damage in six days. I believe in this day and hour, we're at that same point that those people got to in six days. Anxiety, depression, insomnia, all of these mind-related things. I'm telling you, it's because we're confused about who we are. If you knew who you were, you wouldn't be anxious. If you know who you were, you wouldn't be depressed. Anxiety is a hyper-awareness of what's happening outside of yourself. Depression is a hyper-awareness of what's happening inside yourself. You're going dark. You're going too deep inside. And you're being self-critical, and you can't fight your way out of this thing, and so on and so forth. The amount of medications that are being prescribed now, Xanax and all the rest of them, is like at epidemic rates right now. And the whole world is just, well, you know, people are just anxious. Oh, well, people are just depressed. Not to the degree that they are in this day and hour. And if you aren't confident in who you are, you are going to become either anxious or depressed. Because you won't feel like you can make a difference outside of yourself. And therefore, I'm anxious about everything going on out here. Or you're going to become so internal-minded, so dark inside that you're going to become depressed. And I'm telling you, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, and you can't even see Him. I'm telling you, you guys are going to come alive in, in this thing tonight. First Corinthians 11, 1 through 16. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to paraphrase a few things. The head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. Hear this by the Spirit of God. That does not have any influence or control over a woman. Otherwise, the head of Christ is God. That would mean God is superior to Jesus. The Father. Jesus is God. you, you got to catch this by revelation. How you will be as a woman, how you will be as a man, should be the same way that Christ is to God. That's what that means. There's no one lording over the other. No, there is different uh, giftings, different talents for each of them that one without the other would be incomplete. I'm telling you, it, it'd be incomplete. It goes on to say the first man didn't come from woman, but the first woman came from man. That's just the way it is. That does not make you inferior as a woman. Remember, man was incomplete, and therefore God made. God said it is not good, therefore he made it good. 
Otherwise, we as men, I'm telling you, we can only do one thing at one time. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> we, we'd still be living in caves, hitting things over the head. Okay? <laughs> How many people in here are married? Just keep your hand up. And you don't have to keep it up after I ask this next question. But if you're married, and women, you can put your hands down. Men, if you're married... How many people in here would also say that your wife makes you a better man? You better keep your hands up. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> Go ahead and put your hands down. Do you see how that works? Do you see how that works? I promise you, if I was just single all these years, I would have lived out a less than, a less life, a lesser life. I would have lived a very simple life. It would have been totally uncomplicated in any possible way. I'd have a couch, I'd have, a, I'd have like an 80-inch TV, a remote control, a bed, and praise the Lord for Uber Eats, praise the Lord. That, that's all I need right there, buddy, that's it right there. My little one-bedroom apartment, and I'd be just fine. But women complete us. You don't have to be married to a woman to have her complete you. Their nature is to do that. Their nature is to, is, is to make us men complete. There isn't a single man in this room, married or unmarried, whether you've ever been married or not, I'm telling you that without the influence of woman, you would never become what you are today. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. goes on to say, but among the Lord's people, women are not independent of men, and men are not independent of women. I'm reading right out of that scripture. There's no independence. You could not function without women. Women, you could not function or be complete without men. You could not do it. It is impossible. It is to say that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that, well, we could just get rid of one of them and we'll be just fine. Can't do it. You cannot do it. And there is not one that's superior than the other. There's just one that has different giftings and different, different uh, focus to enhance the outcome, which is perfect. And I know you're thinking still, I can feel it in the room, but it's said that women should not teach or have authority over men in the church. I will say this. Let me name some people. Sarah, who is called the mother of nations. Rebecca, the mother of Jacob and Esau. Rachel, mother of Joseph. Leah. Mother of Reuben, Simon, Levi, Judah. She's the big lady right there, babe. She's the powerhouse. You wanted to grow up in that house. Deborah, the judge. She was ruling over men. She was a prophetess. Rahab. There'd be no Jesus without Rahab. Huldah, she was a prophetess. Esther, 
Abigail. And the list goes on. I'm going to read you some other scriptures as well tonight. And I want you to hear them by the Spirit of God because there are women named in the New Testament that said, these women got it going on in the church. And without them, this isn't going to happen the way it's got, God wants it to happen. Let me read a few more of my notes. So headship. Headship is complementary leadership in loving authority, but it is never controlling. There is leadership and there is control. And I'm telling you, God is the author of leadership. The devil and Satan is the author of control. Every form of control. Every form of control. Yes, write me the email. Yes, write me the letter. Yes, come and ask me about this after we're done. Yes, I beg that you do that. Because if you're controlling someone, you're not allowing them to have the full range of what God's called that woman to become, to be in operation. And I promise you, that is the frustration in the, in the home. Nothing else. Because you are incomplete. You are incomplete. It's not her incomplete. You're the head of your home. You should nurture that to come alive in your home so that you can be complete. And that will eliminate your frustration in that, in that relationship. I'm preaching a whole lot better than you're, you're yelling out. I can tell you that. Godly authority is the key to submission in any role. I promise you, every person in this room, male or female, you answer to someone. And if you don't, if you're completely independent, like it said, don't be independent. If you're out there as a lone ranger doing your own thing and you answer to no one, you're in the most dangerous place in your life you will ever be. Because you have no submission to any level of authority, and you're on your own. Well, it's me and Jesus. Praise the Lord. I watch, you know, I watch Net, or, uh, YouTube, and I get to see, you know, J Jesse Duplantis and all those guys. That's where I get my church from. Well, great. But I'm telling you that independence is going to lead you to depression because you're isolating yourself now. And you're not going to achieve the things that God wants you to achieve in the way he wants you to achieve them because you're isolating yourself. You're pulling yourself back. Never pull yourself back. Always have someone that, could, that holds the card that says sit down and shut up and listen. You should have people in your life that own that card and that you would sit down, shut up, and listen. But many people do not want that. Many people just, oh, I live my own life. I don't answer to nobody. I, I, no way. That is not a godly spirit. The devil, who was, I mean, the champion angel in heaven, he thought he could become something else independent of God. That's the whole story, guys. That's what he's trying to do now. He's trying to, to confuse you about your sexuality, about your role that he created you for, both male and female, and how that connects everything, and all of that. He wants to confuse you. Because if you don't know who you are, 
If you don't know your role, you're going to do whatever you want to do. Well, here's what I learned about that. When you're learning, when you're doing whatever you want to do in your life, you are going to live with the consequences of whatever you create. But if you'll just submit and say, okay, well, wait a second. Yeah, I understand what Pastor Paul's saying now. It's like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, man, woman. No, I, I get that now. Now there's roles and responsibilities, and where one is lacking, the whole thing will collapse. Trust me, if, if Jesus just said, well, I quit, I ain't going to do it anymore. This thing's going to fall apart real quick. If the Holy Spirit just says, well, you know, I'm going to take a week off, praise, you know, I'm done. Listen, things are going to fall apart very, very quickly. So in Mark 10, 2 through 9, it says, and I'm going to paraphrase this as well. But it says, God made the male and female from the beginning of their creation. He made both of them because they were incomplete without each other. And he did that at the beginning of all creation. There's a law of first mention in the Bible. If you ever want to know who you are in Christ, read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. He'll tell you about where the gold is, where the sapphires are, where all the abundance is. He'll give you all the dominion, the power, the authority, and the abundance. He'll tell you to go out and multiply, subdue, and fill the whole earth. That's what you're here to do. If you're not careful, you just wrap yourself up in everything you're not. Lose your identity as a man, lose your identity as a woman, and then try to figure it out yourself. All I could say is good luck. You're going to need it. So this explains why man leaves his mother and father and joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Since they no longer are two, but one, let no one split apart. Listen to this. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. Not just in marriage. What God has put together. Don't distort it. Don't pervert it. Don't hold back from it. Walk in the fullness of who you are in Jesus Christ. Fulfill your role as a man or a woman of God. And watch your family flourish. There isn't a devil in hell that can stop that. Not a devil in hell. First Peter 3, 1 through 7. You can read it all later. But in the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. There it is. There's the presence of God right there. It has nothing to do with that scripture. It has everything to do with what I'm talking about. Thank you, Father. It says, Then even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over. Hear this by the Spirit of God. Women, I know it's frustrating to have such spiritual discernment. It's the gift that God gave every woman. I'm telling you, women know the presence of God. They're so sensitized to it. 
But you've got to realize us men, I'm telling you, are not as sensitive to that. You can get there. Trust me, men, you can get there. That's not an excuse. But when you read what that just said, that even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly, your godly lives, your God lives, will speak to them. Your God will speak to them without a, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over. Why? Because you complete them. Hear this. Hear this. That's not inferior at all. It's you becoming who God called you to become. I'm, more, I'm, I'm spiritually discerned. And I want my husband to have that same kind of discernment, but he can't do it without me. Men, lead your home because your women can't be, your wife cannot be spiritually discerned the way she needs to be because you refuse to lead your home. Hear the end of this, men. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Not frustrated, not angry, not upset, not point A to point B as quickly as we possibly can. Husbands, give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, and he's not specific in what that is. But she, hear this, is your equal partner in God's gift to your new life in Christ. Treat her as you should, or your prayers will be hindered, will be stopped up. Your man or your woman is not complete without, without the giftings and talents of both coming to the table because the two shall become one. Ephesians 5, 21 through 33. Again, I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this. But it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For husband, this is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. Grab this. Listen to me. Is Christ superior to his church? He is the church. You see what he's saying here? He says husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. That is not superior than. It is the role and responsibility. It is the character of God inside of every man, inside of every woman that needs to be nurtured, that needs to be developed. Otherwise, you're not getting the differences and why there is a man and a woman. You're not understanding how it relates to Christ and His church. Your relationship to your wife is like Christ's relationship to the church. Husbands, this means love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church, as a glorious wife. Do you see what I'm saying? 
two be united into one. Each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I hope you caught as much as you could tonight. I believe God did a deep work in that moment that I just, the presence of God was just right there. And I'm only speaking to you at the core of who God created you to be. And some of you could have walked in here tonight and said, I, I, I had different ideas about a man or different ideas with a woman. Maybe you were married to a controlling person. Maybe something happened in a marriage or relationship with a mother or a father. Or, and all of a sudden now you associate all men as this, all women as, as that. That woman or that man that, can, that, that did that to you still has the same nature of who he or she is called to be on the inside of them. Our jobs is to nurture that from both men and both women. I gave you biblical examples of many women, and there's other scriptures I could have gone into that name people in the New Testament who were teachers in the church. They were teachers in the New Testament church. And if you don't believe me, I'll be happy to give you those scriptures as well. But I want to speak one last time to every person in this room. Do not lose your identity in who you are as a man. And do not lose your identity in who you are as a woman. And do not allow your faith to be blocked as it relates to those things. The thing that I know about a tree or a bird or a piece of grass is that those things will never try to be anything that they're not. Ever. They are diverse. There's no greater piece of grass than the other. There's no bird that's greater than the other. They're birds. It's grass. And you are human. Never allow anyone to dehumanize you based on your sex, male or female. Never get confused by who you are as a man or a woman. And anything that challenges that, you need to point your finger at it, not at people, at it, and tell it to get the hell out of your life. Because that's exactly where it came from. The devil got confused about who he was. And it led him and countless others down a path of destruction. He is the author of insanity. He is the author of all sickness. He is the author of all death. That is not a pattern that any Bible-believing Christian should ever want to emulate in their life. No one nor nothing is going to challenge who God created this guy to be. And there is no ego in that. There is no control in that. There is freedom and liberty, not only for myself, but for every person that I'll come in contact with out of that kind of understanding of who I am. I want to make sure every person, all right, you, you can applaud, make sure all that goes to him because he's the author of it all. 
But I want to make sure every person in this room not only knows who you are as a man or a woman, but I want you to know the Jesus that lives and abides on the inside of you. I want you to know that he is going to stick closer than a brother. And some of you may need to come back to Christ tonight. Some of you may need to give your life over to Christ for the first time. And I want to give you that opportunity tonight. Everybody bow your heads. I want you to say this prayer with all your heart. Every person, all your, all your heart. Because today's our day of salvation. Yesterday is gone. And I re-up again today. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. A brand new creation in Him. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. If you said that prayer, you came back to the Lord tonight, or you said it for the first time, I just want you to slip your hand up just between you and God. Hallelujah. I see that hand. Hallelujah. You're going to put your hand down. Eyes open, looking around. Never let anyone steal the identity that, that God authored in you. Don't ever do it. And I want to say one more scripture, and I forgot to say it tonight, and I believe this can liberate those who are still on the fence. The Bible says there is neither man nor woman in Christ. I also want to say this, that it was the sin of Adam or the sin of man that Jesus came and died for. Not man. Not man. Man. Mankind. And so just go forth and just walk in the freedom of who you are as a man or a woman all the days of your life. Never let anybody hide that under a bushel or tell you, you know, you're inferior or this or that or the other. Men, give your women some slack. Women, give your men some slack. Be who God called you to be in that right relationship with God and who you are. And watch your whole lives flourish. If you need any more prayer tonight, we'll be up here as well. Otherwise, God bless you all. We'll see you Sunday. Bring a friend.